And that's when I realized I need to get effective tools to work through anxiety, not only for myself, but also to be able to help my son, because I wanted to make sure that I was not doing as a mother, doing something that was causing more harm or Mm. making the anxiety worse, because I know there's certain ways you can say things that can make it worse or better. What is the difference between stress and anxiety? Has your child or you changed since we went through COVID times? Get all the answers today to how to deal with anxiety, both in yourself as well as in your child in this week's amazing episode with our guest, Kristen Ramirez. Kristen Ramirez is a licensed professional counselor and clinical anxiety treatment professional with 17 years experience in the mental health industry. She's also a mother of two and an army wife. Please welcome Kristen to the show. Welcome to the Teaching Your Toddler podcast. This is Mary Jo Tillman, and today we have a very special guest. Kristen Ramirez is joining us today to talk to us about natural solutions for anxiety and other challenges with emotions. Um, Full disclosure, Kristen and I do know each other. We've known each other since 2015, if you can believe it. Oh my goodness, that's a long time. Um, But uh, we've had a, we've, uh, you know, been connected through our health and wellness interests, as well as the natural solutions that we both love uh, in a essential oils. So we'll talk a little bit more about that as we get through into the show. But Kristen, welcome to the show. Tell us a little bit more about you. Thanks for having me. Uh, My name is Kristen Ramirez. I am a licensed professional counselor and clinical anxiety treatment professional. So my specialty is anxiety. Not only am I educated from the professional standpoint with anxiety, I also personally experience it and work with my son who also has it. So I have experience and exposure from both ends. Wow. Oh my gosh. Um, I Hopefully you'll t- tell us what you want about that with your son and how that manifested itself. But how did you sort of land on anxiety as your area of interest or specialty? Great question. Um, As I went through the counseling program, my specialty was actually couples. It was marital couple and family counseling. I loved that piece of it because the dynamics of relationships and how they work together. It was more of self-exploration that got me really interested into anxiety Because after having my son, I have two boys. Um, My oldest is 10 right now. After watching him struggle with anxiety and having the knowledge and education I do, I could identify what he was going through. But what was interesting is I was looking at myself through my son. Mm. And that's when I realized I need to get effective tools to work through anxiety, not only for myself, but also to be able to help my son, because I wanted to make sure that I was not doing as a mother, doing something that was causing more harm or Mm. making the anxiety worse, because I know there's certain ways you can say things that can make it worse or better. So I really wanted to educate myself to be Mm -hmm. the best mom I could and the best person I could, the best wife I could. Mm -hmm. So I went down this route of tons of continuing education classes and workshops 
um, with anxiety and I got clinically certified to treat. Oh, wow. Oh my goodness. So it was really inspired by your family. That's, that's great. And I, and I hope, um, in a second, you'll tell us a little bit what, about what those, those triggers can be for people. Um, so before we go there, why don't you, you know, I don't know if people are listening, maybe they're like, what exactly does anxiety mean? Is it just like tightness in my chest? Is it like, I can't concentrate? You know, what, what is anxiety? What is there a clinical definition or is there one that you sort of use, um, as typically as a, as a typical definition? The way I describe anxiety different from stress is Mm. stress is caused when there is an external stressor present Hmm. and the moment that external stressor is removed or, or taken care of or solved, the stress goes down. Mm -hmm. So that is from the stress side. Stress is normal. We all have it with various degrees. Now, what makes anxiety different? Anxiety is when you have heightened, um, emotions, anxious feelings, that are present without an external stressor. They Mm. actually come from within. Inside. That is a great definition. And so, yeah, because I'm thinking, you know, everybody, pretty much everybody listening to this, I'm sure has a child and they experience stress when their child is upset or, you know, it's, it's the witching hour, it's bedtime or whatever, right? We all stress out, but, but if that then can, you know, gains momentum and becomes an anxiety where you're, you're dreading bedtime. Now you start to feel it inside your chest that you are sad about whatever your child's, you know, picky eating or something, right? That that's actually causing something internal there. That's your anxiety that that's a really good distinction. I love that you sort of tease that out. Yeah. That's one of the biggest questions I get is how do I know what, what I'm feeling? Mm-hmm. How do I know that's anxiety? And, mm-hmm. and I've been there. I've lived my entire life with undiagnosed anxiety, just thinking what I was dealing with was stress. People didn't get me and I didn't get myself. And I didn't, I didn't have any tools or solutions to be able to work through it. It was just more or less get over it. Or I don't know why you feel the way you do, or you're blowing this up into a bigger deal than it is. I mean, these are repeated conversations I've heard or statements or feedback I've gotten um, with myself my whole life. And I didn't know what it was. Mm -hmm. So once you figure out what it is, then you have something tangible Mm -hmm. that you can start working to solve. Right. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I think that that, cause you know, I mean, in America, we're supposed to be stressed. We're supposed to be busy. We're supposed to be doing all the things. Right. And, and that's, it's almost like a badge of honor to, to, to have that whatever activity, but, but then it, when it manifests itself more into that, you know, where you're starting to have some physical symptoms and things like that, then, then now you're, now you've gone beyond. Right. And I love that you were able to sort of get that, get that diagnosed and get those tools. And I mean, if you all decide to follow Kristen on Instagram, Instagram. She's incredibly active and she does great videos and a lot of very informational um, things that she puts out. So I hope you guys will follow her there because it's great um, little bite-sized nuggets of information. Um, So what are some of those symptoms that you do have when you are having, you know, anxiety and anxiety attack or any of the things that kind of go along with that? Great question. The way I would describe what you feel, it's going to be different not everyone experiences anxiety the same. Mm -hmm. What I really like my students and my clients to understand is 
what's going on within their body. And so I want you to think about anxiety as the triggering of your stress response, that fight or flight response. It is ingrained in us. It's embedded in us to keep us safe. So there's an activation of that stress response. And so generally what physically you experience is the rapid heartbeat, uh, rapid heartbeat, the um, shallower, more rapid breathing. You <laughs> get this like huge adrenaline surge, cortisol starts pumping through your body. And basically what is happening in your body is it is prepping you to either fight or flee. Mm-hmm. And so once you understand what is innately going on in you, then the next step is, okay, how do I lessen Mm -hmm. my stress response Mm -hmm. in the moment? And then how am I more preventative to ease it before it even gets to the point of me feeling like I'm having a heart attack Mm -hmm. or me having a panic attack on the floor, not being able to function? Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, man. And so you mentioned before that you saw these symptoms in your son. So I know that everyone listening has kids. How will they know if it's not just a, you know, they're angry, they're hungry, they're tired versus they have, they have some issues that need to be addressed. I would say because you are experienced with your own child, you're going to notice patterns with them. You're going to notice when they're hungry and how they act. You're going to notice if they're tired. You know, it's like you had mentioned the bewitching hour. You know, we always are like, all right, we're getting close to the bewitching hour. So understand that all of that stuff is going to be normal. There are ways in which you can help ease those moments. But when it comes to anxiety, anxiety sounds more like this. The constant worry. So if you look at... um, what symptoms you're looking for. One of the key symptoms with anxiety is intrusive worry. So if you hear them asking you the same question over and over and over and over, and the answer you're giving them is not good enough, and you can see them having like almost panic about it, that could be an indicator. Hmm. Um, It could be an anxiety itself can really be focused on very different things. And so It could be health-wise. Let's say your child is always worried that something bad is going to happen. Like, oh, my leg hurts. Does that mean like something bad's happening? If you're hearing these repeated questions, it could be linked to something more than just stress. Mm -hmm. Um, But it's the intrusive, repeated thoughts or worries Mm. that you're hearing them say. Um, I saw an increase of this after COVID Mm. where we as moms and parents were trying to be uh, keeping our kids as healthy as we could. So it's like, don't touch that. Wash your hands. Don't breathe on that. Don't touch your face. And we were so concerned and worried about them getting infected that we were trying to be as preventative as possible. Mm -hmm. But what ended up happening to kids that have anxiety is they grew these phobias of germs more Mm. to where it's like, oh my gosh, I wash my hands. And like, you see this panic in them Mm. or, um, do you think this food is clean or can we go to that place? Are people wearing masks? I mean, if you, 
you can get the sense of not even what they're saying, but how you hear them saying it, the tone of their voice. If you're sensing some sort of panic, that could be an indicator. That, I mean, that's kind of a new thing for all of us, right? Like none of us knew how to deal with that situation. Um, it was brand new. And, you know, we we inadvertently, I think, did that. Um, you mentioned earlier sort of the way we say things. How would you then sort of approach to, to sort of lessen that response for our kids? So I will explain that with an example. One of the things my son was fearful of mm-hmm. is someone breaking in the house and harming him. And the interesting thing is we've never experienced that. So it's mm-hmm. not coming from a place of memory or experience. It mm-hmm. is just something that he has been concerned about. So what would... What's generally not helpful for someone that's in an anxious state is telling them, oh, you're okay. Oh, just get over it. Because it almost it makes them feel belittled for feeling the way that they do. And there's no resolution in, in that statement for them. So some of the other ways you can say is get curious, start asking questions. What are you afraid of? When did this start? What do you think would happen? Start asking questions and listen. And listen with more curiosity. Because as parents, we often want to just nip it in the butt. Oh, that's not going to happen. You're fine. The door's locked. We're good. You know, go to bed. You need to go to bed. (laughs) Rushing Mm -hmm. that process. (laughs) So that would be another thing is slow down and be present with them. Let them know that you are there for them and hear them out. And then one of the things I do, and this depends on how old your child is. If your child is still a toddler, then it's more or less physically showing them that you're there. They're not going to have the verbal skills to be able to tell you what's going on. Mm -hmm. So you're just being intuitive and paying Mm -hmm. attention. If they're really fighting going to bed, you're putting them in that crib and they are screaming like, they're getting their leg caught or, or, you know, hurt or something (laughs) like that. You generally parents can hear a difference in kids cry, whether it's for attention or they're really hurt or they're scared. So it's just paying attention to the tone Mm -hmm. and then seeing what you can do in that moment to support them. So with toddlers, one of the ways that I help with the temper tantrums, with um, calming the anger that they experience with the frustration is through aromatherapy because hmm. it's so simple. And I don't have to know exactly what's going on to start helping my toddler. And so I have certain essential oils that I use and I put in a diffuser and I put it in their room um, before bed. Or if it's, if they're at home during the day, I am putting it in a diffuser in the living room where we are at most active. And, and I get the ability to support their emotional wellness simply by diffusing high quality essential oils. Um, It is key to make sure that the essential oils you're getting is sourced. Well, you want to make sure you get the best essential oils because the best essential oils give the best results. And so that is one of the tools that I use, especially, I mean, it's something I use today still, um, but when they're toddlers, when they can't communicate what's going on, that is a very 
easy, simple way mm-hmm. um, to support their frustration, their anxious emotions, because the quickest way to connect to emotions is actually through our sense of smell. Hmm. The olfactory nerve. Yes. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's interesting. I, I always use this example, but I, I remember one time I was doing exactly that. I was diffusing um, the balance blend that um, that we have. And oh my gosh, the kids, they would normally have been fighting and whatever, because it was like almost dinner time. And I just knew this was whatever. And I had it on and they were so peaceful and happy. And I know that's a sample size of one, one time, but it was, it was just like, oh my gosh, I feel like they, you know, they were responding, didn't know. Cause it was, you know, it was off out, out of their sight. They, they weren't aware at that time that I was doing that a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, now they, now they know, you know, like, I, I mean, now, now they ask for things they ask, can I have, you know, whatever digestion or the blends and things like that. But, um, I love that, 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 that is a great unintrusive way without, you know, without having to even get, you know, not even having oils on them, putting, putting oils on their body. They're, you're, you're getting them into the their body through their, through their olfactory nerve. That's, that's fantastic. Are there, um, I want to talk more about that, but, uh, are there other, you know, sort of methods that you use as well, um, to, to help them calm? I mean, do you do like a bath? Do you do, do you turn down the lights? Like what are some of the other things that you can help with calming them down? It depends on their developmental level. Mm -hmm. So my son, he's one I'm able to talk to and he knows what's going on. He's very intuitive Mm. with himself. So we can have a a verbal communication for me to be able to identify what's going on for him. Mm -hmm. So if your child is like that, one of the ways you can help them in the moment when they're feeling anxious is help them trace back what they're thinking about in that moment. Because as I mentioned, anxiety is a process of worry, Mm -hmm. intrusive thoughts that go on consistently. Mm -hmm. So getting down to what are you worried about? Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. then just trying to, it's like peeling an onion, ask more exploratory questions to get at the root cause of it. And that's how I was able to figure out that my son was scared of someone breaking in the house. So what I did is I shared with him I asked him, I said, mm-hmm. what are the odds of that happen. actually happening? Do mm-hmm. you think they're really high? Do you think they're somewhere in the middle? Or do you think they're pretty low? And I'm letting him process this. Mm-hmm. I'm, I ask and I'm quiet. And then he says, low. Mm-hmm. But okay, so what do you think we can do to make that even lower? Mm-hmm. Well, we can lock the door. Okay, the door is locked. What mm-hmm. else? We can make sure the windows lock. Okay, windows are locked. You know, if we have an alarm, we can make sure the house alarm's on. Okay, you know. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so you're listening to them already start searching for solutions. It's one thing to tell them, yeah, yeah I locked the door, the windows are locked, the alarm's on. But if you pull that, if you let them pull that out of themselves, mm-hmm. it will help them calm. Oh yeah. 
much better. I've always heard too that, you know, when you ask a question, it's actually engaging their their brain better, their frontal cortex or whatever, so that they they actually sort of have to, you know, project it out instead of like you're saying, you're you're giving it to them. They have to intake it versus yeah. engaging their brain and having to give it back to you, right? That exactly. Answer. You're engaging a different part of the brain. So it mm-hmm. almost helps them snap out of that sense of worry for the moment because they have mm-hmm. to be very aware. Mm-hmm. Well, and I would assume, and I don't know, uh, maybe this is not true, but when you were talking about the fight or flight, that's our that's our deep brain, right? Our lizard brain. Uh, and, and so when you can kind of get them out of that, and get them engaged more in their the other part of their brain, their thinking part of their brain, then then I would think that that would help, like you said, make that shift a bit better. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Fantastic. You had mentioned bath too and routine. So routines all always important. Mm-hmm. Um, so much um, emphasis is put on a night routine, but I really look at it starting in the morning. Mm. What's what's the routine look like? Are you getting um out of bed? Are you letting them sleep with the window like with the blinds open? Mm-hmm. Because there's there's an innate body clock in us, um, and in order to trigger that circadian rhythm, mm-hmm. getting natural sunlight in our eyes is so helpful. So people that sleep with the um, blackout curtains and blinds closed and stuff, they have a harder time waking up. So mm-hmm. if you simply just keep the blinds open or um, the curtains open and allow that natural sunlight to come in their room, then they'll generally wake up better mm. on their own, which will <laughs> then set a better tone for the the rest of the day. Right. Um, I love baths. So that's a way that we, we wind down. Mm-hmm. Um, my oldest doesn't. Mm. So it really is paying attention to to what they want. And as a mom, I have found the most effective way to help your kids is giving them choices. Mm. Do you want to do this or do you want to do this? Mm -hmm. Because you allow them to feel like they're in control. And that's really important for our kids because so much of the time is spent someone dictating to them what they need to do. So if you step back and you look at it from the sense of, okay, what do I want them to do? And what are some options that I can give them to mm-hmm. where it still directs them in the same place, right. but, but they get more of a say. So do you want to take a shower or do you want to take a bath? Mm. Do you want to read before you take a bath? Do you want to read after? Do you, and then one of the other things with the essential oils is I always, when they were babies, I'd roll essential oils on the bottom of their feet every night, mm. put socks on them. Mm. Not only is it helpful for their emotions, but I wanted to support their physical wellness because Mm -hmm. we operate best when we physically feel good. So if Mm. you are taking care of the fit, your physical health of your Mm -hmm. child's physical health, their emotions are going to be better too. Mm -hmm. And they go hand in hand. They do it themselves. Yes. Mm -hmm. So that's our routine. They have their own oils on their bed, on their nightstands. Oh, wow. And they know when they get in bed, they're rolling them on. Oh my gosh. Before they go to school, they're rolling them on. It's just, it's part of our habit. Wow. Oh man. Do they carry any with them when they go to school or are they allowed to do that? So one of the things we uncovered a couple years ago with my son that I was um, telling you about is he started getting test anxiety. Mm. He's so smart and he's such a perfectionist. Mm -hmm. He would really struggle if he got something wrong or if he didn't know something and it would actually create so much of a panic in him. He would start crying and he could not finish the test. 
And so, I mean, it was like teacher after teacher and it started in preschool. They were telling me he is very hard on himself. Mm -hmm. And, and so I, once I correlated, it took me a while. So that's something I also want to share with your listeners is be patient with yourself. We're not perfect. Mm. And it's going to, it's normal for it to take some time for you to connect the dots. Mm -hmm. Even as a professional in mental health, it took (laughs) me a while to connect the dots. Mm -hmm. Um, But to answer your question, once I realized he had test anxiety, I spoke to his teacher and he had his own blends of essential oil that would help calm his mind and support focus that he would use before the test. She also allowed him if he needed to take a break Mm -hmm. to be able to take a break and he'd reapply. And, and we talked through, we practiced at home. So he knew what to do in those moments. And, and so that's one of the ways that he worked through it. And he felt so empowered because he was able to tackle it himself. Yeah. So cool to see. Oh my gosh. It's so good that the teacher also was supportive of that and allowed him to do that. That's, that's so good. Um, well, I hope that the listeners are thinking, well, you know, how would I do that for my own kid? And I, and I think you said that you have, um, something available that if people wanted to learn more about the oils, they would be able to, um, find that out. Yes. I have a free workshop called emotions and the brain where I teach you how to work with your emotions, how your mind works, how it's connected into your heart and how it's connected into your gut and how you can use essential oils as a natural way to support not only your emotions and wellness, but your child's. And as Mm -hmm. a parent, generally we want to put the focus on our children first. Well, Mm -hmm. this workshop's going to help you gain the tools to be able to do both. You don't Mm -hmm. have to pick and choose. Mm -hmm. Um, And I think you mentioned we can put it in the show notes. Yes. So we'll put the link to this free workshop in the show notes. Mm -hmm. And then after watching this, if this is something that you're interested in, reach out to Mary Jo because she can help get you connected to further information and help you get connected to the best option for you and your family's needs. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. We'll, we'll make sure that that's in the show notes. I'll also include my email so that if anybody is listening and they want to hear more about what those natural solutions are that are free of chemicals. And like um, Kristen mentioned earlier that they are not adulterated. They're, they're the highest quality oils. Um, One of the things that, uh, you know, is always sad is people will buy oils from Amazon or online or in a store that um, they don't know what the sourcing looks like. And and so the great part about the oils that we can connect you to, we, we know all the sourcing, I mean, down to the, the, the crazy geeky science, we can break it down for you. So we know that they are as pure as possible to put anything on your body or your, your child's body, of course. So I know that you also have a, a, a specific program that you've put together for emotions. Um, tell us a little bit about the program that you have. So I have a course called Overcoming Anxiety Naturally. I put this together as a way to help bridge the gap between the struggles that you or maybe your child is currently going through and walking you through step-by-step how to get to a place to know how to reduce it effectively and naturally. Wow! And so right now I am currently in the middle of my live course launch. This was going to be my first and only one. And then I was just going to have everything pre-recorded 
ready to go for you to get um, at any time if you wanted this course. However, I've also learned so much in this process. I'm going to do a second live launch that is going to even surpass what I've been sharing with my current students. So if you want to learn more about this program that I have, um, we can put the link in the show notes as well. Yes, Get yes. on my wait list. It's Perfect. super easy, super simple to do. And I will share with you what's coming up and what to look out for because it's going to be incredible. Oh, that's perfect. So just to make a distinction, there is a difference. There's the mini course that is the education about natural solutions. And then this is this is Kristen's comprehensive um, course that she is actually physically helping you coaching, you coach through. So there are there's two options that she's got that we talked about there. Um, and I, I know both of them are just going to be such good solutions for people to find out um, you know, what's going on in their brain and what, what, what can they do to help themselves, you know, besides taking pharmaceuticals and things like that, that maybe you aren't necessarily wanting to do, um, you know, cause of course there's, there's certainly drugs to help with this, but, um, I think if you've listened this long in the show, you probably are pretty committed to knowing that there are also great natural solutions as well. So, um, Kristen, thank you so much for joining us today. Before I let you go, please let us know how to find you. Of course, we'll put all of this in your show in the show notes so that people can, um, instantly click and, and, uh, follow you wherever you went, but, uh, but tell us more about that. That, um, for, before we say goodbye, you can find me on Instagram at Kristen Ramirez LPC. And I have a link in my bio that has a quick, quick access to all of the workshops, all of the things that we've talked about and more on Facebook. I believe you can still look at Kristen Ramirez LPC. Um, but my name on Facebook is holistic anxiety coach. So depending on what platform you use, um, you can find me either one of those. Perfect. Awesome. And again, we'll, we'll make sure that those are linked so that people can get them directly. Thank you again so much for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure talking to you about all of this great stuff. I heard a lot of interesting information that you and I have never even talked about, even, even having known each other for such a long time, but uh, I really appreciate your time. And again, thanks for joining the Teaching Your Toddler Show. Thanks for having me. This has been the Teaching Your Toddler podcast with Mary Jo Tinlin. Thank you so much for joining us today. I hope you'll find us on our website at teachingyourtoddler.com, as well as on Facebook at Teaching Your Toddler, on Instagram, and on Twitter at Teaching Toddler. So join us again, and I hope you have a wonderful week. Thank you so much.